0: What's up, guys? My Take Radio episode... Damn, what episode is this? Uh, 302 Broadcasting Live, Wednesday, July 15th, 2015. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show, where I give my take on MMA, wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. On Wednesday nights, we do our MMA and wrestling show, and on Thursdays at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, we do our gaming and entertainment show as well. As always, there's a couple of ways you can watch, listen, chat, and participate with the My Take Radio show. You can watch our live video feed on mtrlive.com, also on gfqlive.tv, including the GFQ apps available on Roku, Android TV, Fire TV, and also via the Daily Motion app on the Apple TV as well. You can also download the Mixler app, just punch in My Take Radio, and you can listen to the live show that way. You can also use our call-in number, Not Press Option 1, and you can listen to the show that way as well. Archived versions of the show are available in podcast format as well as in video format on our YouTube channels. My Take Radio TV and official Rageworks. Podcast versions of the show are released on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio within 24 to 48 hours of the show's broadcast. Alright, so before we get into this week's MMA and wrestling, a couple of housekeeping notes I want to put out there to let you guys know about. Uh, first off, there will not be a gaming and entertainment show tomorrow evening, uh, because we will be taking visiting our friends at EA and I say that loosely to see uh, what they got in store with Madden and some of the other titles Uh, we were invited to this so we're going to see if uh, roster update 16 improves on any of the previous roster updates regarding Madden plus we're going to see some of the other titles that they got on deck as well we're also going to be attending the holiday of play and we're going to see some of the new toys action figures and collectibles heading your way this holiday season so it will be A busy day tomorrow, but that doesn't mean that just because there's no show, you can't keep up with all the stuff that we're doing. You can always follow me on Twitter at RageWorks, Rage underscore works. And you can also, of course, go on our Facebook fan page. Plus, we open the RageWorks group up to the public. So now uh, all our listeners, readers, whoever it may be, can contribute, participate and communicate with all the other readers and listeners that follow both my take radio and RageWorks and all our shows as well. Uh, of course, if you're a fan of Instagram, you can follow me there, RageWorks underscore Rich, and see all the pictures that we post from all the events. Plus, we do try to do Periscope and Meerkat on occasion. Uh, you can follow on Periscope, it's Rage underscore Works, and on Meerkat, I believe it's Rage underscore Works as well. We're trying to do more of that, trying to interact with you guys on a more consistent basis. So that's one of those things that will continue to grow as we fine-tune it over the next couple of months. Uh, One thing, for those of you that had asked about the whole forum thing, I pretty much shelved that because our Facebook group is doing so well. Like I said, you can go on facebook.com forward slash groups slash RageWorks and you can join the RageWorks group. I believe there's 58 or 59 people there already constant interaction constant communication talking about everything gaming entertainment movies comics toys collectibles sports courtesy of our friends at black is the new black and tons of other content as well so by all means feel free to join there i know that uh for those of you on our facebook fan pages you're not getting all the updates but at least if you're part of the group that guarantees updates at least until facebook changes how things work um the one thing that uh, that gets me and... Huh. Slick just told me there is no live video. There should be live video since I set up with Andrew. Um, I think there is video. I would refresh on your end just to make sure. Otherwise, I'm recording video on this end. And I know, I believe I have our secondary video source uh, streaming as well. So you can use any of those. Anyway... As I was saying, you know, we got a couple of different things on deck with regards to that, but our Facebook group, we're going to try and build that community, focus on it a lot more. I mean, we're still going to use our Facebook fan page to get stuff out and bring in new fans because, of course, um, I've been seeing a lot of that lately, courtesy of Facebook advertising, which actually works, but um, that's a separate issue. In any case, if you haven't joined the group, do so. Interact with all the readers of RageWorks.net, and of course, all the listeners of My Take Radio and all the other shows on the RageWorks Network. Of course, Black is the New Black, The Buried Show, and some of our other programs that we are working on for you guys. All right, so what do we got on deck for tonight? Of course, we're going to talk about Mendez and McGregor. Ben is going to be joining me for that. We're also going to get into uh, Ronda Rousey's uh, winning uh, the ESPY for Best Fighter. Going to get into that. We're also going to talk a little bit about the fallout from the UFC fight kit. We're going to talk about the new Ultimate Fighter, which was announced with McGregor and Uriah Faber. We're also going to get into the return of Fedor. Fedor coming out of retirement, which for me as a pride fighting fan, a guy that followed his career uh, pretty much all the way to the end, super pumped. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And um, again, just lots of cool stuff. Uh, Brian Monroe just informed me that there is live video uh, slick. I would try and refresh, see what the deal is with that. Anyway, so with that said, let's get this ball rolling and jump into this week's MMA. Ben, I know you're in the chat, so feel free to call in when you get a moment and we can get this ball rolling. So let's hop to it. So, of course, you know, this past weekend we had UFC 189, which was without a doubt one of the most highly anticipated cards in quite some time. We had two title fights. We had an incredible amount of stuff going on. And um, the way I see it, it was it was definitely one of the top cards of 2015. A lot of finishes, a lot of violence. It was it was insanity at its best. I truly, truly was surprised at some of the outcomes, but I did enjoy it as well. All right, so I've been informed that Ben is on the line. Let me bring him in and get this ball rolling. Big Ben, what's up? What's up, man? Man, what a what a crazy week of MMA we have had between two UFC cards, well, three UFC cards, Saturday, Sunday, and the one going on right now, plus, of course, yep. all the news coming out of Bellator, the ufc and the return of fedor we got a lot to discuss so let's jump right right into the fire uh ufc 189 before we we pick out some of the fights what did you think of the card as a whole
1: um the, the undercard was pretty slow but the main card um was probably one of the best main cards i've ever personally watched it was um, I mean I mean everybody who knows me knows like I'm not I'll either go to uh Buffalo Wild Wings or something to watch it or uh precur the card in some other way. Right. And uh, I actually got this uh card uh, like I bought it and just sat down on my couch and watched it, uh with my fiance and it was from from the first fight um with uh Brad Pickett and uh and I forget the name of the kid he fought to the last fight it was one of the best, most entertaining cards I've seen. I mean, it's just blood, guts. I mean, God did not. I mean, I think every single fight, I think every single man card fight ended in a finish. It was was great.
0: Pretty much, yeah, because once we get into it, um, you know, once we get into, like, Tim Means and Matt Brown and we start moving on from there, which actually I want to actually start with that fight, Matt Brown coming in, making short work of Tim Means, uh, trying to get him himself reinserted back into welterweight title contention. Um, I felt his performance was solid. I think one of the things that we've grown accustomed to with Matt Brown is that he's trying to go out there and finish in highlight reel fashion by any means necessary, whether on the feet or on the ground. He definitely did not disappoint. Um, what did you think of the fight? Um, I-, I thought it
1: was a good fight. Um, it-, it showed... Like why we love Matt Brown and also why he will never win a title. Um, it, he has no plan B if he can't back you up and disassault you. Like there there is no second option for him. And uh Tim Means made it where he had to fight walk going backwards and um it, it bothered him for a good bit of the first round. And then, you know, he caught him with that uh uh Matt Brown caught Tim Means with the elbow and tapped him out. So I mean, Matt Brown is is <laughs> I mean, that's what he does, but it 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 was great to watch, but it also shows like you know he he won't be fighting for a title.
0: Now why 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 have you come to that assessment? I'm I'm curious.
1: Um, I mean, in, in fights with guys that make him go backwards, he doesn't fight as well. Like when he fought Johnny Hendricks, Johnny Hendricks' whole game plan was to make him make Matt Brown go backwards, and he did it. And when he fought Robbie Lawler, I mean Robbie Lawler. <laughs> You, he really, Robbie Lawler really didn't need to make him go backwards. Robbie Lawler just hits you hard as hell. Yeah, um,
0: that's for damn so, sure. I mean,
1: yeah, but yeah, like I, I just don't think he has a technical like. It, he he's a great fighter. He's gonna beat a lot of guys. I just don't think he has what it takes to get to the that upper echelon. You so, think like, the, he's the a title uh, contender?
0: You think he's always the bridesmaid and never the bride? Huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Like he's gonna beat a lot of guys. I just don't think. I don't think he beats Carlos Condit. I don't think he beats Tyron Woodley you know those top 4 or 5 guys i i just don't think i don't i just don't think he beats those guys
0: i'll tell you what you brought up the the Brad Pickett fight and that was a highlight reel finish with a beautiful flying knee from Thomas Almeida in the second round it was picture perfect and it's funny because he was he was working the stiff jab as soon as the fight started and then it was straight out of street fighter with a knee right to the side of the dome and he went to sleep
1: i was like oh that was bananas <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Thomas Almeida, he's a he's a really young fighter. He has, I think what, like 25 fights or whatever. But he's a really young fighter. Um, he was losing a good chunk of that fight, and for him to come back and and not really seem to be bothered by you know being cut up and bloody, he just like at some point I'm gonna catch him with something. And he caught him with that flying knee, and it was it was perfect. I mean, the thing sounded like a bat hit Brad Pickett in the face. Yep, <laughs> it was perfectly played.
0: The other the other fight that had a really great finish too, and this is a guy that kind of falls into that same category you group Matt Brown. It was the uh, the Jeremy Stevens Dennis uh, Dennis Bermudez fight because Jeremy Stevens is another guy that he goes out there and as soon as he pushes the pace, you know you're going to get an exciting fight. But if a guy pushes the pace in in the opposite direction and puts the pressure on, he kind of he he, he falls into that same trap that you were saying Matt Brown falls into. He's a fighter that definitely embodies that.
1: Yeah. Plus, he's a bit of a head case. I mean, he blew weight by like five pounds. Like he, like and, and they. I, I I still haven't heard anything about why he missed weight because I think he, he he came into the fight about like 149 and a half pounds or so, something something like that. But like I, I have no idea how how he missed weight like that. But uh, yeah, like that that's what's gonna keep him like he he's a head case. But yeah, that was an excellent fight. Him and Desmond did a really good <laughs> really good job. And it's crazy like that fight was so good. But almost instantaneously, you forgot about it because Bobby Lawler. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and, and wore me down. I put on maybe the best fight I've ever seen.
0: Oh, you know. But before I get into that, I gotta say, uh, Gunnar Nelson's really nasty rear naked choke that he got in on Brandon Thatch was was tremendous. Uh, great technique, yep. uh, awesome transition, and um, just great uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu work from him. But like you said you know we can we can take all those fights and acknowledge how great they were and all the amazing things that went down but when you get into Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald it was it was a bloodbath it was rocky and apollo it was it was tremendous it was tremendous that like that was legit rocky and apollo status like Rory McDonald after that fight was over looked like he was in a car crash and forget Robbie Lawler with his lip unzippered pretty much. It was crazy.
1: Yeah, man. That that fight was... I mean... <laughs> just the ebbs and flow. Like, that's why I love, like... it. And, and I feel this way. Like, if you're an elite MMA fighter, you should fight five rounds. It, it doesn't matter if it's main event. Um, and... Because you're going to get fights like this from really good fighters. Like, two dudes that... Because this fight had, like, a, a narrative. Like, you know, at first it started off kind of slowly... Then Robbie Lawler clearly won the second round. And in the third round, he got caught with a head kick. And from then on, the fight went insane. Like, it just, like, Robbie Lawler recovered from that. And, I mean, the fourth round was crazy. And at the end of the fourth round, both of these dudes, like, bloodied up. I mean, Warren McDonough, I 100% couldn't breathe out his nose, like, covered in blood. Robbie Lawler has three lips covered in blood. And they just stare at each other. <laughs> like it's crazy, like because if I'm Big John McCartney, I'm like you know we all gonna get to able to hit each other in 60 seconds, right? Like go sit down, like they yep. just they they're not gonna look away from each other. It's insane and like for Robbie Lawler to land that punch. And I said, Roy well, I McDonald mean, quit." He didn't quit. Like he, I, I was I was being hyperbolic. Like he, <laughs> I figured as much, but but his body I understood. Quit on yeah, his body quit on him. Like I don't think he could have fought. Yeah, well like, that's because I mean hell the. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Guy, guy, finish your thought. Yeah, like the the beating he took before that, like, I, I don't think Roy McDonald was like, Well, I'm not gonna fight anymore. Like, I, I just think he got hit in the nose, his nose shattered, and his body was just like, Nah, dog, we good. Like, well, <laughs> like we we can't do this no more. I'm glad I'm actually glad you put it in
0: in the in that frame. And the reason I say that is because he broke his foot, which is crazy. His nose was shattered. His eyes were swollen shut. And this guy, I mean, I joke about him being, you know, a uh, uh, Kenny Florian clone. Creepy. You know, creepy, way too pretty. But the dude was a legit warrior. It was it was insane to watch these guys go out there and pummel each other senseless for 25 minutes. And it was almost at that point where it was like a wink and a nod. Like, you know we're going to go out there and kill each other, right? Like, it was it was tremendous to <laughs> me. That Not not only the fact that they beat each other to that extent, but the fact that... And, you know, Stitch Durant said this. He was like, yo, dudes had blood on the bottom of their shoes when this fight was over. <laughs> if like, Adano like, well,
1: didn't know what year it was. Yeah, he didn't, he, he didn't know what year <laughs> he it was. He didn't know
0: what year it was. And then the best I thing... I mean,
1: it, it... Okay.
0: No, what I was going to say is to culminate that, seeing them in the hospital just chilling afterwards, you know, the photo was circulating with them in the hospital. It's like, it's like, yo, I just beat you to the point where it would be considered a crime, but we good.
1: <laughs> hey, that's, that's competition, man. It's, 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 it, it, it's just crazy, man, to just watch, like, and it, it's crazy that it's Robbie Lawler who's become this guy. Yep. Uh, considering, like, what he was when he left the UFC. Right. What he looked like at times in, in force. And he's come back to the UFC and just become, a completely different fighter at 33 years old. And I mean, I don't really know. Cause I, I, I think he beats Johnny Hendricks fight a third time. I think um, so. I don't really know. I, I, I don't see anybody that can really, really beat him. I mean, I, I would love to see him and Carlos Condé fight. Cause I feel like that fight would just be the like same. Fight. <laughs> just in, yeah. Just insane. Um, but like, I, 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 I don't see anybody really that can beat Robbie Lala right now.
0: You know what the thing is about this fight that got my attention? I said to myself, you know, as great as this fight was, I said to myself, if GSP is watching this card and he's sitting on his couch, I'm like, fights like that are going to get his attention. You know what I mean? Because Ro- everybody was like, yo, Rory McDonald's you. He's a young you. And look how he was dispatched. I mean, don't get me wrong. the guy, The guy fought the War of Wars, but he was still dispatched at the end of the night, you know? Like, these are the fights that make See, you want to come out of retirement like Fedor.
1: <laughs> See, I kind of feel like with GSP, not... Well, hmm. See, I don't think he would be afraid of Robbie Lawler. Oh, no, Like, he like GSP's whole mindset when he fought was always, like... He never liked being beat up. Like, he... Yep. He... Like, I remember watching an interview of his after the first BJ Penn fight fight he won, but he was bloody and, like, he, he was swollen. Because he, he, he's one of those people that just swell up and bleed. Like, yep. You don't even got to hit him that much. He's going to swell up and bleed. And he was embarrassed the way he looked. Like, he just, just like, it wasn't going to stop him from fighting. Like, in the fight, it wasn't going to uh right. make him change anything. But, like, he just doesn't like being beat up. And even if he came back and was able to take Robbie Lawler down a bunch of times, he would be really bad Like Bobby is still gonna hit you. Oh, absolutely. Like, he's at some point, he's still gonna hit you. And GSP has said it. Like my biggest fear is coming back and embarrassing myself.
0: Absolutely. So and I respect that.
1: I I don't, you know, I I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if GSP came back with the new drug testing, and everything. But it it wouldn't shock me if he never if he never. Come back just for it, and I, I don't begrudge him for
0: it. Well, you know what's funny? I looked at that fight, and I said to myself, the guys at 170 are going to look at tape of that fight if they're fighting either one of these guys, and they're going to be like, I, I got to kill this guy. Like, like I, I mean, we laugh about it, but think about it. If you're the next guy that has to fight Rory McDonald, you're going to look at tape, and you're going to be like, yo, I got to kill this dude. I got to kill him because there's, no
1: <laughs> there's no other way to take this guy out. That's just where McDonald comes back—the same type of fight. Like that is true fights too. Fights like this, especially when you lose that type of fight, it can change you as a fighter. Now, I mean, he's said, you know, best time of my life, blah blah blah. But I mean, we we won't know until his next fight, right? What this has done to him, kind of mentally, because I mean, he, though he was winning, <laughs> like all three judges' scorecards. Yep. All he didn't even have to win that round he would have won that fight. He was up three rounds to one and he, he lost. And I don't know. I just, I would be really, I, I really want to see what Roy McDonald does in his next fight to kind of gauge like what his mental state is now.
0: Yeah, it was, it was an amazing fight. And then, you know, we jumped from that into, into the circus, you know, into the Mendez McGregor circus. And I want to, I want to really dig a little deep into this fight for a couple of reasons. Conor McGregor came in mm-hmm. allegedly injured. Allegedly, I'm going to say that. Just based off the fact allegedly. that I'm not a fucking doctor. You know what I mean? He came in allegedly mm-hmm. injured. And Neither Jack-
1: is Dana White, but Dana White's out here telling people they don't have broken ribs. So. Yep. Yeah, Dana,
0: <laughs> Dana but, but, but again, Dana White never even, doesn't even preface that. Like, you know, I'm not a medical professional, but based on, in the, he doesn't even do that. You He's know. like, that he ain't hurt. And And the thing that gets me, with that entire, with the entire buildup of this card, the card itself, and the end of this card, is that there was such an enigma of craziness. Like, the buildup to this fight, whether it was him or Aldo, craziness. Craziness from McGregor, insanity from Dana White, you know, crazy shit from doctors. It was just insane. Then, Mendez trying to, you know, spark up some sort of momentum going in. The shit with Uriah Faber, which I saw the video. I was like, what the fuck just happened? And um you know the end the end of this fight there's there's so many things like I said just a cloud of crazy and the first thing I want to talk about is just yeah. the fight itself I mean McGregor let's say he was injured he better pray to god that the next guy he fights isn't a, a, a you know a, a pedigreed wrestler cuz he did get exposed injury or not in this situation
1: to be honest I don't even think they got to be that pedigree because I can see Jose Aldo taking him down and holding him down. Um,
0: like
1: (laughs) Jose Aldo's a bigger guy
0: at 45, even when he hydrates, you know that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's not going to be as big of a, a size disparity disparity before between them. Um, okay. There's a couple like you saw my status and stuff like right after that fight. Right. Um, one, I think Mendez might have won if a couple things. One, he might have won this fight if he didn't go for that guillotine. Two He
0: said that too.
1: If he wa Yeah. Two, uh Mendez was filming. like people don't I don't think people fully take into account what Mendez was doing when he got this phone call. He was filming a hunting show. Yep. Like he might have been in shape, but he wasn't in five round fight shape. Right. And it, it looked like it early in the fight. Um to, like, McGregor showed some good things. Like, he's an excellent striker. Well, he's an excellent striker if you stay on the outside with him yep. and allow him to do what Mendez allowed him to do.
0: Well, um, he's got long reach, McGregor, too.
1: Yeah, but like like I said, like McGregor has no lateral movement. Like, there were times where Chad Mendez, who shouldn't be able to do this, was able to just basically run off the cage. And, like, McGregor would just run after him. And, like, that's not not cutting off the cage right just chasing someone like it's not that's not going to work against a guy like Jose aldo because you're not you're you're not backing him up that way
0: no um definitely not
1: he can't wrestle um (laughs) at all like it kind of it kind of took me aback at how poorly he defended takedowns and how he had no real plan once he got to the ground like he was holding and asking her being to stand him up, and her being looking at him like he's hitting you. Yep. Like, I'm not going to stand you up. Like, <laughs> so. And I don't think that's because he was "quote unquote" injured. I think it's because he doesn't practice wrestling, or he's not not that he doesn't train wrestling. He does. He's not.
0: Um, he's more dependent he's on his striking. On he's more dependent on his striking, which you and I have talked about with a couple other guys where the guys get comfortable on the feet and they just feel that that's, that's their bread. They feel that's their bread and butter. It's, and you know, we've talked about this at length. It's mixed martial arts for a reason. Like, yeah, your stand up may be nasty, but what happens if you get dumped on your, on your head real quick or you, or you, or somebody takes you
1: back? Yeah. Like, like (laughs) Chad Mendes, his, his, his wrestling game has never really been, you know, uh, getting out your guard and, Getting him out and like submitting—that's not his game, right? But like a guy like a guy like Frankie Edgar, Frankie Edgar would maul you on the ground. Yep. like if he gets you in that position, you're not getting up. Just ask BJ <laughs> like, Aldo. <laughs> yeah, or 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 Cub Swanson, who yep. he made quit. He made Cub Swanson give up yep. in a fight. Um, and like Jose Aldo, like people, you know, he he's a great striker in... I think he can beat uh, Conor McGregor on the feet. Um, Jose Aldo is one of the best top position grapplers in MMA. He just doesn't do it because he doesn't need yep, it. Yep, he doesn't need it. Like, that's just not – yeah, like, he, he doesn't need to. If he sees this and I'm like, you know what, I can just take him down. I can just take him down, pass his guard and tap him because Jose Aldo is also a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He just doesn't use it. Right. Um. So, But Conor showed some good things. Conor is one of the best four, five-ish featherweights in the world. He just, in this fight, showed me he can't wrestle. And he is way too hittable. Yeah. Um, on a guy who is not as tired as quickly as Chad Mendez, he's going to get lit up. Well, like, well here's like the Chad thing Chad Mendez hit him. No, got it. No, got bro. Oh, I mean, Chad Mendez was able to hit him almost at will. And him saying, Oh, I don't feel it. Okay. All right. You felt those. Like, it, it didn't knock you down. But you felt those, so I—I I don't know, man.
0: <laughs> well, here's here's a couple of takeaways I took from that fight. First of all, um, the thing I told you, everybody's like, "Yo, Mendez took a dive." I'm like, "Listen, you know, you have to, you're talking about a guy, and I and I talked about this, and, and it's funny because you know I was talking about this with a, with a friend of mine, and he was like, "Yo, man, money or not, as an athlete, if you take a dive, you're people going to lose respect for you." He made a valid point, but I took, I I thought about what he said and I came home and I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, to go with what you said, this guy was sitting on his couch 18 days ago. So for a guy to come off his couch and nearly become champion on 18 days notice is something that you can't take away from that guy. And that's what, that's one of the things that you and I kind of touched on when we were chatting in the group. That, you know, it's easy to yo to say, yeah, man, you know, he just stood there and took it. Oh, the guy came in off 18 days' notice. And you can work on all the conditioning you want. But, like you just said, it's not 25-minute conditioning. It's 10-minute conditioning. Because all- you know he was going for the fast finish for that reason. Yeah,
1: and also, like, I find a lot of times when people say that uh, he took a dive. They're not people... There are people who have never really been punched in the face and people who don't understand fighting. Like, he got hit really hard repeatedly. He didn't die. Like he had no choice.
0: <laughs> but his body got worked too, because that was the other thing. McGregor yeah. did work the body very well. And it actually impacted whatever other conditioning he may have thought he had. Like, think about it. We like you just said, he wasn't ready for a twenty 25- five for a 25 minute fight. That doesn't mean that he couldn't have, he couldn't have won. It just means that those body shots that probably wouldn't have affected him until the third round or the fourth round were affecting him a lot sooner because his breathing and he he wasn't in the right frame for this level of competition, but still 18 days notice and almost beating a guy who has all this hype behind him. You can't, you can't erase that, you know,
1: no, you can't. Like I, I, I think, and like, like I said, like if they fight a game, I wouldn't be shocked if Mendez wins. Yep. Like I, I, I wouldn't be shocked because he showed what he could, he could. Take him down and hold him there for five rounds. That's he it. decided to go for the guillotine, and I, I don't besmudge him for doing that. Like that. Hey, you want to? You you're getting tired. We trained guillotines at Alpha Male. It looked like he might have had it for a second. So I don't. I don't. You know. I I don't have anything negative to say about Chad Mendez. Uh,
0: for this fight. Well, it's it, it's funny because, you know, obviously after the fight, McGregor was very, very humble, uh, very respectful.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you oh, know,
0: five, <laughs> yeah, well, it goes back to also the other thing that, you know, he's, you know, aggressive in preparation, humble in, you know, humble in victory and in defeat. I mean, he, he gave Mendez props. He's like, yo, this dude came off, you know, came out of nowhere to take this fight. Dude's a warrior. And, of course, you know, took, taking his shots at Jose Aldo and the UFC – and and this is where we're going to get into, you know, the next part of it. The UFC needed McGregor to win. Needed it. And the reason is that the UFC has booked themselves into their own worst enemy. And, and And we talked about this last week as well, where it's like, you got all these guys, most of them, you're not marketing. And then you wonder why nobody gives a shit about the organization. You know what I mean? Like, McGregor, his own hype machine. Ronda, her own hype machine. Everybody else, hey, I just want to fight. Like, that's that's everybody else. Ronda's like, yo, I want to do NBC, ABC, ESPN, five movies, you know, seven Maybelline commercials, one Nike commercial, a couple of Reebok commercials, and I'm ready to go. Like, she went into, you know, she went into do the fight kit presentation here in New York and interrupted her training for, you know, Beck Correa. So that's the kind of stuff that we're looking at. It's like, you know, the, the, the marketable fighters are, are stopping training camps and doing all this stuff. And, you know, it's a gift and a curse. Meanwhile, you know, the, the Chris Weidman's of the, uh, of the UFC and the, and, and those guys, they're like, Hey, look, it's me on Instagram swimming in my pool, you know, <laughs> and, and, and everybody else is like, yo, movie premiere, this thing, that thing. And that's what I'm saying. Like the UFC, they would have found a way to make sure McGregor won this fight. Not to say that they would have sabotaged the fight itself, but everybody questioned, you know, the Herb Dean stoppage, all of that stuff. And and you can always make strong arguments in any direction. But me as, as, as somebody who looks at both the athletics and the business of it, I look at it like they needed this dude to win because they got shit else going on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's
1: be real. They, they got sense. shit course, else
0: going on, dude.
1: Because they 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 want the McGregor Aldo fight. Even though he even though they 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 booked it in a fashion where they're going to make Aldo seem like he's the challenger and yep. not the guy who's 25 and 1 and hasn't lost in like a decade. They're going to book it in that fashion, which I think is stupid, but um and they meet, they want that fight. they promoted it so much. They've chosen Conor McGregor. They're hoping Paige Van Zandt gets to this point. She won't. But they're nope. hoping she gets to this point. Yep. They want these these guys that they've picked to be their, their bell card. They wanted John Jones for this. They still might get John Jones back. I just don't think – well, if John Jones comes back and he uh, figuratively and literally keeps his nose clean – he can be this too right so i mean they 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 want these kind of stars, they just have no intention of building them
0: well that's that's the other thing too when you look at when you look at the way this panned out and then you know we're gonna we're gonna get into the you know the announcement for the ultimate fighter um i took I took away the fact that the sport of m m a when it comes to the u f c is that the u f c goes out of their way to make it seem like they are, they are the end-all, be-all. And, and it's funny because, and I'm going to mention this even though it's, we're not talking wrestling yet, but in, in, during Raw on Monday night, Stephanie McMahon came out and some stuff happened with the Divas, and she said that women's, yep. women's sports is changing. And she referenced, of course, the USA uh, women's soccer team. And she said, look at what women are doing in the UFC. Not what women are doing in MMA what women are doing in the UFC. That's what she said. Hey, I'll give you
1: a better example. You know, the do- I'll give you a better example. WWE used to pretend like there are no other wrestling yep. organizations. Yeah, are out here talking about Dragon Gate. Yep. <laughs> like, like on the, uh, the Beast in the E show. Like yep. They're talking about Dragon Gate and Ring of Honor. Right. Like, they, they acknowledge now that there are other organizations. Right. But th- But the
0: thing that got me with Stephanie McMahon's comment was the fact that Stephanie McMahon didn't call... MMA MMA they were she just said the UFC and that's what uh, what like I was saying the UFC has put themselves in this corner where MMA is not the three letters people associate with mixed martial arts it's UFC the same way people associate Kleenex with tissues people don't say you know you either say get a Kleenex or get a tissue and it's the same thing I mean you know there's always that joke on the internet of I train UFC and that's you know that that's always that's always a running gag. But the fact is, they've backed themselves into a corner in that they want the mainstream exposure. They want to stand on equal footing with the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball. But you got a, you guys got a long way to go, and you guys don't have the star power to keep that because it's so fickle. And so many of these fighters are, you know, they, they they're coming and going, and not even performing at the level that the UFC expects. Like look at Conor McGregor; he went in there and. Not to say that he got lucky, but it's like if he wouldn't have beaten Mendez and Mendez would have been interim champion and you would have been forced to promote Mendez versus Aldo for the belt. Let's be realistic. Nobody imagine would have if given he a actually
1: shit fought Aldo. You like know? imagine if he had actually fought Aldo and Aldo had beat him. What do you do with Conor McGregor then?
0: At that point you at that point you take the L and you keep him moving, but what they if I were if I were in, in that in the, in that driver's seat and I said Jose Aldo beat Conor McGregor, then I would go out of my way to promote Jose Aldo as the best pound for pound fighter on the planet. Fuck what you know. Fuck the they issues won. between our you know the uh, you know UFC management and and Aldo's management. The fact of the matter is that the guy hasn't been beaten. He is without a doubt the best for be- the best pound for pound fighter in mixed martial arts period find me somebody else that has that pedigree has defended the belt that many times and is that vicious in the cage you could say ronda's in that camp but ronda's in a class on her own because ronda's John. well yeah but i'm i'm excluding him from this because he's not competing but i'm just talking about active you know that, from an active perspective that, yeah. You know, it's like, yo, Conor McGregor, you lost. Hey, we're gonna still promote you. You're still our guy, but we gotta recognize what we have in front of us. You know what I'm saying? And that's what bothers me about the organization. It's not the fact that they'll that they'll you know they'll look at they'll look internally and say, yo, we we gotta start working with these guys. It's the fact that you know that if you don't play ball with them, and you know Vanderlay said it in his little crazy video clip that he said too. He's like, the UFC doesn't respect Jose Aldo because Jose Aldo doesn't play ball. Jose Aldo's there to fight and win titles. He's not there to go to your to your gym openings or, or sit there and look pretty or go on, on Regis or, not Regis, on, on Kelly and Michael or on Good Morning America. He's there to get titles and punch people in the face to provide for his family. Why can't they accept that, you know?
1: They don't want th- nope. There's ways to promote people who are like that. Like yep. there, there are ways to do it, and the UFC kind of and I, and I feel like doesn't feel they're obligated to do that. Like I, I feel like they they feel as if you as a fighter, you need to do the bulk of the work promoting yourself. Right. And I, I I've always felt that that is, especially once you become a champion. Or, or or a guy close to being a champion. It's cool if you're Conor McGregor. It's cool if you're if you're that kind of guy. You had a type of personality and and you can you can do that. But if you can't, it's the UFC's job to figure out how to get around that.
0: Bingo. And that's what happened. And
1: they they don't seem to care to do that.
0: Yeah, they've put themselves in a really really awkward place. Like I said, because now you got this guy. He's your interim champion, which. <laughs> Aside from being completely fucking stupid to even make that fight for a belt, because I don't care what anybody says, it was stupid. Because Jose Aldo wasn't on the shelf for six months. Better. He wasn't going to be on the shelf for a year. He said, yo, I'll be ready to go October, November the latest. You don't mean to tell, you mean to tell me that you don't have enough champions and enough fights to put together until then. You're out of your fucking minds over there, if that's what you think.
1: But... They, they could have still had that fight. They if could have. say it's for the number one contendership. Bingo. Move that's the it. Robbie Lawler fight, Robbie Lawler fight, Robbie Lawler and... Uh, and... and and, Rory. and Roy McDonald fight. Roy, Roy, excuse me. Yep. To the... Um, main event. To the main event. Don't tell anybody. You don't even have to tell anybody it's a main event. Yep. They just... Be the main event. And still have the um the the connor mcgregor fight it's it's ridiculous that they felt they needed
0: to yep it was it was the necessity to put this belt on this guy and 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 they needed to do it and it, and you know it's funny because somebody put up a picture of triple h celebrating with seth rollins and then underneath it was the Fratitas and dana celebrating with connor and they were like notice anything and it and it amused me but, again, you know, this is, this is all a fucking show. I mean, one is a show with predetermined endings. The other is a show that has real violence but still has characters, still has evil owners. You know what I mean? It still has all the, all the, all the trimmings of professional wrestling. And it's, and it's crazy to me that, you know, the backlash of this fight amongst the fans has been crazy because, you know, you have obviously the pro Conor McGregor fans. They're like, yeah, you know, our boy, he won, da, da 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 this is great. And I'm like, yeah, it's fantastic. You know, don't get me wrong. It's great for for the grand scheme of things. You know, in the grand scheme of things, it's great that he is, you know, interim champion. But I'm sorry, dude. I can't go to bed at night with a belt that's essentially a fucking prop, knowing that there's a guy in Brazil who I still have not beaten. I don't give a shit what anybody says, and whatever they tell McGregor to say or spin doctor, it is the necessity of being considered the baddest man on the planet. And right now is not you.
1: No. And, and you know, I've heard him say, and, and he's beating himself, um, you know, I'll fight Frankie first because, you know, um, Jose Auto went running. No, you will not. Like the UFC would be stupid to book any fight before you fight Khan. Yep. I mean fight fight Joseph. It would be stupid. And if they do, they need. You never I, know. I know. If the, they do, it's completely it, it's completely obvious what they're trying to do.
0: I'm gonna tell you right now. If the UFC really wanted to protect him, which and it's no disrespect to him either, they'd just let him fight Uriah Faber after the coaching.
1: He'd beat the shit out of your rival right favorite. He'd but, beat the hell out of your right of
0: but, favor. but but you get what at I'm saying though. But you get what I'm saying. Like the UFC would just say, "Well, the coaches always fight at the end. That would be their out, dude."
1: If, <laughs> if they were to do that, but but like there, there's there, there's nothing they can say to make it not obvious what they're doing.
0: But wouldn't you? But but again, even again, playing devil's advocate, if it went that route. You and I would, as you know, guys that that talk about this on the regular, we wouldn't even be shocked at that point, dude. Because I, I'm being no, dead ass. I'd be like, oh, well, there, there it is.
1: Because when I heard they were coaching against each other, I was like, what? <laughs> exactly. And then, like, you know, Dana White was like, oh, they're, they're not fighting. Uh, okay, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Like, is this like? <laughs> When I heard that they were coaching, like, I know what they're trying. They're trying to keep Connor in your face. Right. That's cool, but if, if that's what you want to do, why not have Jose Aldo coach against him?
0: Right, because that way his rib will heal up while they're coaching and filming. Yeah. That that would have been yeah. perfect, dude. It, it would have been, you know, it, Ireland saying. versus Brazil. Done.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hate The Ultimate Fighter, and it, I haven't watched The Ultimate Fighter in... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know when the last season it was. But let's be watched, real.
0: When the beef but, is real, the show is good.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if if you had Jose Aldo on there it, with Con McGregor, do like Brazil versus Ireland or Brazil versus Europe, that works just fine. Yep. They. First of all, I don't think they want to work with Jose Aldo. Like, they, were they don't. Jose Aldo didn't have that, though.
0: Nope. They don't uh, want to work with him at all, and you can see it in every interview, in every piece of press, in every in every piece of uh, of fluff that the UFC puts out. You can see that they would give anything and everything to make sure that he wasn't champion, but they can't because the guy's pedigree speaks for itself, and he won the
1: belt. Yeah, like he he is clearly a champion. Yep. And until Connor beats him, Connor is not like I don't care what that dose is that's it He's not the champion no At sir. All. and it's just, <laughs> I don't know well it's just it's ridiculous to me it's just ridiculous guys.
0: well, we're on the subject of tough, of course, we had the ultimate fighter finale that I'm like, oh yeah, that's happening um, uh overall, the fights the fights were okay um a little a little shocked to see um uh what's his name what the hell's that kid's name uh dan miller take the loss in his fight against trevor smith just because the miller brothers are scrappers man it blew my mind i was like oh man this dude lost i was I, it tripped me up when i saw that
1: i don't think dan miller's won a fight in a really long time <laughs> like i think the last time he, he won a fight and I, and I think the one of the reasons he's still around is because you know he had you know his his son, I believe, had some sort of um, yeah health heart issue, defect or something. Right. Yeah, health health issues. So he he's been employed, but not really fighting. Right. I don't think he's won a fight in like years. Like I, Oh don't know, no, no. He last time he oh yep, 2012. He's only fought three times since 2012. But the last time he he won a fight was 2012.
0: There you go. It, it's it's crazy. I was just shocked, only like I said, because the Miller brothers are, are true scrappers. I was also tripped up by that uh Josh Salmon uh K.O. Magalhess fight, which again, great technique from Josh Salmon. I hadn't seen him fight in a minute. I was like, Wow, okay.
1: Yeah, he, he looked good and K.O. Magaless should be cut for spitting on him.
0: Yeah, that um, was a little crazy.
1: I was but, like, uh, uh yeah, <laughs> all right. Like, I don't know why you're mad at him, but okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, it, he looked good. He looked really good in the fight.
0: I was mad that, Mox- that Maximo Blanco went in there, fought, and he was heavy, and he missed weight.
1: I was like, what the
0: fuck, man?
1: <laughs> he also gave one of the most ridiculous posts, fight. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't even know. Like, John Addy probably felt something like, what did you just fucking say to me? Like, you want to fight Connor? The fuck? Don't need
0: to make weight. <laughs> Dude, you got to let him rock some days. I'm just like, you got to I've I've learned something watching MMA as long as I have. Sometimes you just got to let the Brazilian guys rock. You just got to let them go. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: whatever, man.
0: That that's hey, uh, that's how play? I saw it. The um uh yeah. Michelle Waterson's weight. About her strawweight debut was very, very impressive. I mean, everybody was yeah, kind of yeah, clowning yeah, yeah. Angela Magana, aside from the fact that she did pee on herself during the fight. And I saw the video clip, and I was like, well, shit, she did. Well, damn. But, um, you know, the, the, the joke can, can literally be that Michelle Watterson beat the piss out of her. But um, the fact, the fact was, it was it was a great debut for Michelle Watterson.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, She looked really good. Um, We'll see if the size um, differential affects her in any way. It didn't seem to affect her at all in this fight, but we'll we'll see if she gets up against some of the bigger uh, 115-pound girls, if it uh, affects her. But she she looked really good, really, um, you know, mixing up her striking and and her takedowns and and her jiu-jitsu. I mean, she she looked good from start to finish in this fight.
0: Well, I got to say this. If Angela Magana does not get cut after this, something's going on.
1: Oh, she's getting
0: cut. (laughs) I'm serious, because it's like, it's like, yo, you lose. Like, not to say that she should be cut just on on principle, but it's like, yo, you lose on the reg. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, she's getting cut. Like, I mean, she had maybe, like, uh, I don't know, 15 seconds of being competitive in this fight. Like, (laughs) And I, she, she's getting cut. I'm just... She, she's getting
0: cut. You know, it's like, it's like you could put all the half-naked Instagram pictures and Twitter pictures you want, but you did get German suplex by a chick that fought in a lighter weight class than you. Just saying.
1: Yep. <laughs> got German suplex, got head thrown, and uh, then got tapped
0: out. Yep. And it was funny because, you know, my wife says to me, she goes, wasn't that tap a little quick? And I'm like, I don't know, let me see. And then when they show the replay... Michelle Waterson had that forearm under there tight. I was like, nah she just said she knew she had no way out, plus she was flattened out for like two minutes for the setup. yeah
1: she, so there was no defense
0: yeah, there was no defense at that point. it's just It's just crazy to me because you know michelle waterson another another fighter who has incredible pedigree, but you know we just we just got to talk about how hot she is, which is great. Don't get me wrong, I understand that, and it's part of the game. It's like, yo, she's like a mom with a kid, you know? Like, it was cool that John Attic was like, yo, you know, you're doing a a great example for your little girl, blah, blah, blah. And it was cool, you know? And then it tripped me out because then Angela Magana goes on social media and she's like, yeah, I had a fucking broken clavicle, but, you know, I couldn't pull out out of this fight and pull a Jose Aldo. And I'm like, yo, did you just go that way? Did you really just go that route? I was like, listen.
1: Like, oh, so... So he, he, first of all, if you really <laughs> had a broken clavicle, um, yeah. you shouldn't be fighting. Bingo. Uh, that's, what the fuck are you fighting for? I Thinking saw it all, me, um. Oh, man. Why are we, why are you insulting <laughs> Joe What, what has he done to you? Ex- that's
0: what everybody said. It's like, like oh, it's, it's like everybody's piling on the poor guy. It's like, holy shit. Like, yo, you got, you got chicks clowning you right now. And I mean, you know, it, I, again, Angela Magana, like I said, she has her she has her place in the sport. But just not in the UFC. Thank you. It's just you. This isn't for you. Like, you could probably fight in Invicta or Bellator. Not to say that the competition is going to be any worse, but where your antics will be embraced fully. Like, she does all this stuff, and the UFC just doesn't even acknowledge she exists. They're like, yeah, you're fighting Michelle Waterson. That was it.
1: Yeah, like she, she, I believe she she posed naked at one point. Yeah, if you break your clavicle, you're not fucking fighting. Nope. the fuck is she lying for? Man. For a second, I had to, like, I was like, clavicle. Where is your clavicle? I looked it up. You're not fucking fighting anybody with a broken clavicle. Nope, not happening. <laughs> not a... <laughs> what? Unless,
0: <laughs> un- unless you're being cleared to fight by Dr. Nick from The Simpsons, you're not fighting. Oh, it's okay. Put the little band-aid on it. You're okay. Uh uh no, not happening. It just tripped me out <laughs> that I'm like I'm like, what did Jose Aldo do to you? You pissed on yourself during your fight. Let's not and then let's get not, on <laughs> in there and lie. <laughs> let's not let's get not get on even, in there and just lie. Yeah, it's like yo, let's not uh, let's let's sweep under the rug gingerly that you did pee on yourself. And it was it was crazy because. And this is the beauty of the internet. Dude, within five seconds of that being a rumor, somebody already had the clip captured and zoomed in. And I'm like, well, that's water coming out of her shorts. Yeah, something's going on. Like, the first
1: time I saw it, I was like, "Is she, it was a sweat. Then I looked at it again like, no, she clearly just pissed on herself. That that is 100% what just
0: happened. She did get the piss beat out of her. Um, The other fight I did want to talk about, man, Jorge Masvidal. Another guy make, makes that move up to 170 is a is is a is a beast, just a violent violent dude. And I'm like, please get him up there into like some top five competition because he is he is an animal when he fights, man. Like it's always a treat watching that dude go in there and scrap.
1: Yeah, Masvidal. I mean, first of all, he beat Alan Quinter, like he should be like heading towards a higher fight in 155. But that's neither here nor there. I mean. Jorge all is just, that. that's a fighter, man. Like, he just, he he's good everywhere. And, like, you know, you don't really see his jiu-jitsu game, but every now and again, he'll whip it out. Yep. And tap somebody, you're like, oh, wait, he can do that too. Like, he's, his only problem is, for some reason, at times, he fights completely to his detriment. Yep. Um, like, uh, his fight with Paul Daly a couple years back, all he had to do was take Paul Daly down one more time, and he would have won the, won the fight. And instead, he decides, nope, I'm going to box with him. It's like, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 sometimes he just, it gets the better of him. Like, but he is fun as hell to watch.
0: Yeah, and it was, it was cool. I like that he called out um, Matt Brown because I said I'd watch that fight in a heartbeat.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'll watch that in a second.
0: (laughs) I'm like, yep, those guys will kill each other. But yeah, um, that
1: fight would be great. So I, I I would really like
0: to see that fight. I um you know I I the, the Ultimate Fighter finale you know I kind of saw the 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 ad libbed abridged version of the season and I watched the fight and I'm like all right it ended the way it ended you know and uh, here's the thing with the Ultimate Fighter format and I've said this before everybody's gonna fight safe until the semifinals of that show just to get into the mm-hmm. finals and then in the finals you're either gonna get what well, let me rephrase that. You're gonna hope you get Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner, and not Stephen Bonner, Tito Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what you're hoping for every time you do those those seasons.
1: Yeah, I mean Usman, uh, and I, I think his, I forgot what his first name is, but Usman, he's the only legitimate prospect from this entire thing. Yep, like he can legit be something. Uh, the rest of these guys. Nah, because <laughs> like, Usman is somebody who have been in U.S. would have been in the UFC at some point. Like I've heard of him a long time ago. Well, like, here's the rest of these guys know.
0: Like, well, here's the thing that gets me, and this goes back to what you said about the Ultimate Fighter earlier. We're at a stage in the game where MMA is practiced everywhere. There are there are no prospects at this point. Not that not that there aren't you know good fighters out there, but what I'm saying is that it's so so recognized and so and so out there, that guys eventually get to these organizations anyway, in some capacity. Like the yeah, shows, like, it's not like before where they were like, "Yo, nobody's ever heard of this guy," but he's fought in eight bars and knocked out ten dudes. You know, like when you go back and you read about like Forrest Griffin fighting in tough man contests, or some of these guys just doing like like a, a good example, like Jorge Masvidal, dude's a street fighter for real. On some some straight, let me drop my duffel bag here and let's fight type shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't don't have that anymore. When Uriah Hall came out of Tiger Showman's, you know that the
1: shit is everywhere. I mean, here's the (laughs) thing with the Ultimate Fighter. Like, the Ultimate Fighter, if you want to keep some sort of weekly fight show, it shouldn't be the Ultimate Fighter anymore. You can do little cards. Yep. Hell, you can use that 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 gym that whatever the whatever the fuck they record, open uh, Fighter, Do it there. Like you don't have to. It doesn't have to be a giant card. Just do little cards. Doesn't have to be a whole lot of publicity. Right. Because they're mostly doing it because they got to have programs for Fox and Sports One. That's fine. Do little fight cards. Three, four fight fight, three or four fight fight cards. Put your women on there. You put the 125ers. You you put the weight classes that aren't going to get a lot of pub. On on the bigger cards, that's right. You put them on there, and and you also, when you do that, you're getting people more fights. You're getting people more exposure because you can have a fighter like, I don't know, a, I can't think of a fighter off the top of my head, but you can have like a a prospect that fights on these cards. People see them, and now you you're building a fan base that way. Right. I I, I just I don't understand continuing even know an ultimate fighter
0: and that's and that's the whole thing like like you can do exactly that or or if you've you know hbo and showtime used to do those boxing shows you know hbo boxing after dark and it was all like yep. you know entry-level fights like you could do that and people would still watch you know i mean don't get me wrong the ultimate fighter it's scripted and, and you want to have all this drama and that's great but we're so past that point nowadays that unless a dude is legitimately fighting in the house before a fight happens or the coaches fight in the street or something crazy, everything about the show has become so formulaic that you know you're going to get your crazy guy, your guy that drinks too much, your head case guy, the peacekeeper. You know what I mean? Like there's actual roles established for these dudes. As soon as you watch the show, you're like, yep, that's the guy that's going to break up every fight. That's the guy that's going to get drunk the first night. That's the guy that's gonna break some shit. That's the guy that's gonna piss Dana off, like you know already, because that's the formula practically every season.
1: Yeah, I just it's so unnecessary. Like they, they, it just needs to die.
0: Well, while we're while you know switching gears, I do want to talk about something, some something very interesting that came out for the first time. So first off, the mm-hmm. uh, the UFC 189 fight bonuses were fifty thousand dollars a piece. Uh, Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald got fight of the night because why the fuck wouldn't they? Uh, Thomas Almeida got a $50,000 bonus and Conor McGregor got a $50,000 bonus. But a very, very interesting um, post came out of MMA Junkie about um, Reebok's payouts, which they actually posted. So according to the payout on the program's payout schedule fighters with uh, five fights receive twenty five hundred per appearance. Six to ten get five thousand. Eleven to fifteen get ten thousand. Sixteen to twenty get fifteen, and twenty or more bouts get twenty thousand. Meanwhile, champions earn forty thousands, and title challengers earn thirty thousand. Aside from whatever extra deals they got, so McGregor and Mendez both made thirty k from Reebok.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly, and then I'm Robbie. The
1: better than- the 10k they said they were
0: going to give people. <laughs> well, yeah, well, here's the thing as, as we go down the list. So, Robbie Lawler made 40, Rory made 30, uh, Jeremy Stevens had 20k, Dennis Bermudez made 5, Gunnar Nelson made 5, Thomas Almeida made $2,500, Matt Brown made 15 in his fight, Alex Garcia, who defeated Mike Swick, made $2,500, and Mike Swick made 10k. <laughs> crazy shit
1: right <sighs> I hate when you hear fighters are making oh yeah make like they're making my paycheck like they shouldn't they shouldn't you know what I mean like they shouldn't they shouldn't make that well they,
0: I don't know it's, well the reason I, I mentioned it is because they also released the uh, the salaries for the event. And um Conor McGregor made 500,000 and Chad Mendes made 500,000 for that fight. Robbie Lawler made $300,000 including a $150,000 win bonus. So 300,000 there, 40k from Reebok, he made he made 340 grand. You know, a bunch of that money's getting taxed, taken, and whatever. So, but still, he made 300 grand. But here's the crazy part 300 grand he made, Rory McDonald made $59,000 for that fight. The guy nearly got beat to death for 60 grand. It's
1: ridiculous, man. Like, I mean, uh, the pay is crazy. And 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 I'm pretty sure the UFC is, uh, I'm pretty sure the UFC, because they've always kind of, under the table, pay people. Oh yeah, of like, course. I'm pretty sure. Was, I'm pretty sure some of these guys are getting uh, some under the table payments. But well, man, it's just it, it. I don't know. It saddens me to hear some of the amount of money some of these guys are. Yeah, making. and
0: that's the thing that 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 jumps out to me. The other thing I wanted to mention was this was the first time we really got to see the fight kits on full display, and. I think, I think one of the things, and it's funny because people have talked about this with Reebok, I think Reebok needed to go and make other variations of the fight kit, aside from black, white, and the quote-unquote international, because it just looks uh, like, 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 the guy, like the corner guys in their white jumpsuits look like stormtroopers from Star Wars. I'm like, yo, come on, throw some color in there. You know, make those dudes look the look the part. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I enjoyed um, the presentation. Like this, this is the different presentation of the UFC. This this fight card, um, it, it was cool to watch. But like the, the uniforms, w- once the fight started, because of how good the fights were, like I really didn't right. notice them per se. But like you know, when you go back. And look, it's like, uh, it's just, look, you're giving people either either you're going to have white with a black stripe or black with a white stripe. That's, That's what they, I'm saying. And it's just, I don't know, they they could have done something more than that. Yeah, like, more, like, really.
0: you know, red trunks with blue trunk with blue letter. Like, like, oh, you know, there's an infinite amount of colors. Your le- your your verbiage is still going to be on there. Like, it it really just became apparent. Like when the corner men came in and they all had those white tracksuits. I'm like, yo, oh, come on, man. It's absurd. Yeah.
1: It's just Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's it's crazy, man. You know?
0: So we got a we got ourselves a CM Punk update. It looks like he may be targeting December for his UFC debut. He was um doing a media session uh the Thursday before. Um, But he said it's looking like December is going to be his debut. He feels that he is comfortable in his striking. And he said he's still leaning towards fighting at welterweight, noting that he woke up at 190 pounds, but he could make 185 in a couple of hours if needed. But um, he said probably fighting at 185 would be a bad idea. Those guys are a lot bigger than me. I think 170 is doable.
1: Um, I mean... I'm interested to see what he looks like as a fighter. I mean, like, like I said, like I said from the beginning, I I never expected him to. I expect him to do one, maybe two fights. Like, I I just I don't expect him long for the sport because CM Punk is almost forty, isn't he? Like, he's yeah, he's definitely
0: close like 34, to
1: forty. Four, thirty-five. Yeah, like he he's an older dude. Um, I I would be interested to see what he looks like in the ring. He's thirty-six. Uh, what he looks like as a fighter, and it, it'd be interesting to see. But, I, you know, I just, you know, I, I, I have no issue with what he's doing. I, I know a lot of people do. I just, I have
0: no issue with it. I'm I'm ready to see him fight only because Duke Rufus is speaking highly of him. Uh, the guys that are in camp with him are saying like, yo, the dude's a sponge, he's getting it together. It's He, he may go out there and surprise us. And I really want to see that because I want, pro wrestlers that have martial arts backgrounds to have other outlets if they don't want to keep sacrificing their bodies to pro wrestling. I said this with collegiate wrestlers when MMA started taking off. When you were a collegiate level wrestler or a former Olympian, you had two options. Gym teacher, pro wrestling. Let's be honest. That was it. Gym teacher, pro wrestler. I think Kurt Angle was going to be a weatherman. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that was what wow. was, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what was open to you at the time. Now, with pro wrestling and so many different organizations, pro wrestling wise, and even with MMA, whether you fight for RFA or, you know, you do Muay Thai with Glory or Bell, you know what I mean? There's more outlets for guys that say, hey, I want to take my collegiate wrestling career in another direction and still do what I love. That's what I feel is is viable for guys like CM Punk, Brock Lesnar even as an example, that if you don't want to destroy your body wrestling and you think you can make it in MMA, then fuck it. Go for it. Because what else are you going to do? Open a wrestling school like everybody else? Maybe. No problem. That's great. Maybe train the wrestlers of the future. That that's That's fantastic. But in terms of just lasting appeal, you're always going to be in that camp of, damn, maybe I should have tried. Like, that's the thing that got me with Brock Lesnar, love the guy or hate the guy. Brock Lesnar said, yo, I want to try out for the NFL. He didn't say, let me think about it. He said, fuck it. Let me try out. Almost got on, on, on the field to play a for the, you know, almost, almost made, almost made the, the, the squad for the Vikings. The guy was like, yo, I'm going to go wrestle in Japan. He did that. Hey, I want to fight MMA. He did that. Yo, I'm going to fight in the UFC and I'm going to win your belt. He did that. Yes. I mean, there's always things that can be said about his career, but you can't take away from the fact that he, he had alternatives. And that's what happens with a lot of these guys. You know, they, they, they wonder what's next. And in a way, I'm grateful for MMA becoming what it has been. Because think about it. You go to college. You wrestle in high school. You wrestle in junior high school. You wrestle in college. All right, great. You get your degree, but you're like, damn. What else can I do? Either you're gonna try out for the Olympics, and maybe make it, or not. Otherwise, you're gonna have to either become what uh, get a profession, or become a gym teacher if you want to keep doing wrestling. Now there's other options.
1: Yeah, I mean MMA is, is a viable option if you can do it. Um, yeah.
0: Look at Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley did wrestling in the military. Came out of the military, did professional wrestling for WWE, then for TNA, which he's still doing. Fights for Bellator. Not me personally not a fan of dudes that try to do both, but whatever, more power to him. But think about it, you come out of the military, you got a you got a wrestling pedigree. What's your next choice? You know what I mean if you want to keep doing that.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, <clears throat> that that is the way to go. If you, if you, like I said, like if you can can fight, I mean, you should try it. I mean, MMA is a viable option if you're good enough. Like, You'll see a sign dudes that are two and zero. Like they, yep. they'll sign you.
0: Well, Dana White signed Conor McGregor and allegedly he never even saw him fight.
1: How crazy? How crazy is that though? Th- that that doesn't really surprise me because <laughs> I mean, I, I doubt Dana White most of these dudes fight before they come to the UFC. Yep. <clears throat> but, um, I mean, I, I'm interested. I mean, that doesn't really shock me. Because, like, I, I, I guarantee you he had not seen... Like, most of the dudes, he has no idea who you are, too.
0: Yeah, pretty it's much. It's to
1: talk to you before the fight. <laughs>
0: that's, that's pretty much it. While while we're on the subject of that, um we had we had the fight tonight with Frank Mir and Todd Duffy. I gotta watch it. I, I'm recording it. Um... That that entire card looked passable and then we get hit with another card Saturday. Uh, Fox Sports 1 1 o'clock. Michael Bisping, tallest latest, is your main event.
1: <laughs> Way too much fight. Too many fights going on. But Joanne Calderwood, I'm just, I'm I want to see her season. fight. Yeah, I, I want to see Calderwood fight. I don't really care about anything else on that card. <laughs> like, I think, like, I mean, I'm going to watch this Mur Duffy fight, uh, Mur Duffy card, because there's some fights on here that I legit want to see. But yep. goodness gracious, like, it, outside of Joanne Calderwood, there's nobody else on this card. Like, I really I don't want to see Michael Bissing fight. I mean, maybe Ross Pearson, Evan Dunham. Right. But outside of that, like, there's nothing else on this this card. that just There's nothing else on this card. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. I just I just wanted to put that out there because everybody's like, "Yo, is it's like a fight every day." And I'm like, "Yeah, pretty much." So, you know, you guys that are that are keeping an eye on UFC fights, you guys got uh Mir and Duffy which probably happened or maybe in the process of happening, and there'll probably be a replay. Oh. Then you get a break on Friday, but then it's back in the trenches Saturday afternoon. Um the other thing I I wanted to talk about to to close things out was the big news, Fedor's return to MMA. Um, Fedor, of course, retired in 2012. Uh, M1 Global dropped the bombshell on Facebook and on other social media outlets. Um, he said that he's managed to recover and heal a lot of his old injuries, and he feels he's maintained his physical shape. Uh, a lot of jokes can be made about that, <laughs> obviously. But... um Last time he fought was a first-round knockout against Pedro Rizzo at M1 Global. He has a 34-4-1 professional record. Um, Of course, the obvious is Bellator. Don't misunderstand anybody that thinks otherwise. But the UFC would be stupid to try to not even make a play at this point. I
1: mean, I I, I 100% believe that they're going to try to sign him but they're not going to cope with what we want. So No, no, no,
0: definitely um, not. But I think we're at a stage where look, Fedor may just be like, yo, I need to prove myself.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, I, I still, I still wouldn't be shot if he goes to Bellator. In fact, I, I would be shot if he goes to the UFC. Um, he has a relationship with Scott Coker. You know, I, I could just see him going to Bellator. I don't know what he'll look like coming back. Um, because I feel like his skills are starting to diminish. Uh, well, they were starting to diminish um, towards the end of his career. So I don't know what he'll look like coming back, but um, I'm interested to see it.
0: What do you think? Two, should he fight? Should he try and make the cut and fight at 205? Because I think he'd kill it at 205. He,
1: should. he he should, but I mean, like I said, like I don't know. Like I, I'd have to see what he looks like. <laughs> Excuse me. Now, like I mean, it's been a couple of years since we last saw him fight, and he didn't look that great, you know. The last couple of times he was on a fight, so I, I also, don't know. He has like, had a I, lot going on. I feel like okay.
0: No, I was gonna say so he what? had some stuff going on. I think his dad was sick. Like there was a whole bunch of shit going on. I'm
1: not even making brother, excuses for the dude. For being a rapist.
0: Yeah, like just just craziness abounds, and I mean, allegedly, you know, he's been making some some decent money, you know, doing seminars and. He's training still, so he's still got the itch. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in, in 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 two different stages. First off, on in in the first stage, if he goes to Bellator, if he fights at 205, he'd probably dismantle most of those dudes, excluding yeah. King Mo, maybe Phil Davis,
1: Phil Davis.
0: But everybody else, fair game. If he fights at heavyweight again. Pretty pretty open field. Maybe Czech Congo might give him a problem. Well, let me rephrase that. You know, they may try and do like, he'll fight Tito at 205, and let's not have that. Oh, God. He'd probably kill Tito, but that's what I mean. Like, when you look at those two divisions, if he fights in either one, yeah, there's money there because it's Fedor. But like you said, let's play devil's advocate. If he loses a step and he loses to. You know, not to, no disrespect to this guy, but if he loses to Liam McGarry, who's the champ in Bellator, people are like, "Really? You lost to that dude? again?" Not taking anything away from Liam McGarry, but you're like, "Yo, I expect Fedor to kill that dude." That's what I'm saying. In the UFC, whoa, whoa. there's there's a bigger potential for serious fights. Like everybody's like, "Yo, you know, you could put him in there and have him fight Kane. And I was like That would not
1: go well <laughs> for <if they were>. Fedor. <laughs> it would not That would not go well. especially like if he fought Kane in the next fight. That would yeah. not that would, that would not go well.
0: Well, you know, but that's what people were saying, like, yo, he could fight Kane and that's a good payday. He could, you know, Arlovsky was like, yo, if Fedor's coming back, I wanna welcome him to the UFC. I wanna fight him and get my win back. You know what I, I mean? Like, like like there's good money fights. For Fedor, any way you slice it, even if he even if he said, "Yo, I'm gonna do a three fight deal with the UFC," any fight he's in, everybody's gonna watch. Everybody's gonna watch. Yeah.
1: Period. Yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd watch most of those fights. I mean, I'd, I'd watch him fight Arlovski again. People were uh, saying I'd, I'd watch him fight Kane, but I <laughs> Kane you know, Kane might kill
0: him. Just... Kane might kill him, but. I, I'll tell you this. Somebody said if he signs with Bellator, Randy Couture will come out of retirement.
1: <laughs> I'd watch that, too. I, I'd I mean, pay I money got for Randy that. I old ass coming out of retirement. But I'd watch.
0: I'd pay money for that. I'd pay money to see him and Randy Couture square off. That's a fight that you you have to see. Yeah.
1: I'd, I'd definitely pay for that. 2 5 is a over little...
0: 205 is a little bit more sketchy because there's a lot of killers at 205. Well, again, like we always joke about, 205 is the first top five, top four guys, and then everybody else. I think a good, uh, Fedor with a good camp, um, and I mean a good camp, not just him training in Russia, wrestling bears and shit, but I mean real camp, he could probably put a hurting on most of those dudes up until the top six slot.
1: Probably. Um, because there's a lot of guys in there that he's just better than, so he probably could. Um, I don't know, man. Had to see what Fiddle looks like when he comes back. If he if he wants to cut down to two hundred five, which I, I think he should, uh, because he's always been built like an accountant cut down to one eighty five. Well, not now. <laughs> like a deli worker, like probably in his prime, he could probably fight like a at one eighty five if he really <clears throat> applied himself to cutting weight.
0: Well, the thing the thing I wanted to say about that is. Fedor, physically, you always look at him, he's always going to look regular. It's all about ability at that point. And, I mean, his his submission game was bananas. I mean, don't get me wrong. When he fought Verdum and he got tapped by Verdum, that was, you know, it was heartbreaking. But you're also fighting a guy whose Brazilian jiu is on a whole other level, too. That's not to say that Fedor is not learning. You know, he's not learning and improving. But it, it's a different ball game, and of course, everybody's like, "Yeah, well, you know, his loss to Hendo," and I'm like, "Hendo could fight, could knock out a dude at heavyweight, you know, with that, with that, with that fist. Like, that's not even that's not even a question at that point. It's 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 being able to take that. Hendo hit. was
1: also losing that fight. Yep. Just... So you know, until he wasn't, but he was losing <laughs> that fight.
0: There's there's a, there's a lot of things that could be said. Um, I, I'd take it any either way, but. If the UFC were smart, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, they've backed themselves into a corner, you could do a lot with Fedor. And also get that 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 market, that demographic. Like, you know, Conor McGregor, everybody's like, yeah, you know, all of Ireland tunes in. It's like if Fedor fights, all of Russia will tune in.
1: Yeah, he, he's um, some <laughs> hero over there.
0: That's it. So... Not a not a bad week for MMA, uh pretty crazy week. Um there anything else you oh. wanted to add? Uh no, man. That's
1: that's about it. mm I
0: did I did want to tell you that the episode of of Black is the New Black before this one uh broke over a hundred downloads. Congratulations. Oh. So, you know, episode sixteen, oh. nice work, broke a hundred. It was it was a slow pace, but you, you crossed a hundred Mark, so congratulations to you and Taylor. Uh, Pat yourselves on the back. Nice work. Um, Keep it up. So I figured I'd I'd let you know that on (laughs) air. Uh, With that said, um, if you guys want to follow Ben on Twitter, at BlackoutBLAQ89, make sure to look for new episodes of Black is the New Black on RageWorks.net. You guys got an episode this week, right? Yep. uh,
1: We will be doing, we've got one, basically, we we said we're going to do it Friday, uh, Friday night. And I will send it to you Friday night because if I don't do it then, I'll forget until you end up reminding me. So I will send it to you Friday night.
0: There you go. (laughs) All right, brother. Thank you for for calling in. Thank you for the assist this week. I really appreciate it. All
1: right, man. Peace. Peace.
0: All right. That was our very own Ben. Follow him on Twitter, at Blackout89. Look for Black is the New Black. On iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, just punch in "My Take Radio." And black is the new black. Is there amongst all the other shows? Of course, you can go to RageWorks.net and find archived episodes of the show there as well. All right, so um, I see that our that our video crashed. Of course, it did. Of course, the video crashed because why not? Yeah. All right, so. I just fi- I just noticed that our video crashed for this week, so looks like, uh, no video. Let me try and reload it and see how it looks. Wonderful. Note to self. Get more memory for this computer this weekend. because clearly that was definitely it. Oh. Uh, no. Thanks, Donnie. I appreciate it. Yeah, the audio, the audio is good, but the video, the video definitely took a hit. All right, let's try that. Looks like we got some recording going on. I'll try and uh, I'll try and sync it up in post production. So you guys are gonna lose uh, some of the video. I apologize. It's funny too because Slick had said. Hey, the videos, the video feed wasn't working, and then Brian said that it was, and uh, yeah, so things definitely took a turn towards Shitsville. But uh, hopefully, we'll rectify that. Maybe I'll add some more memory to this PC. Hopefully, that should fix it. In any case, uh, the MMA segment we just wrapped it up, and we're gonna jump into some wrestling. Booker T, take it away.
1: We want the gold, sucker. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga.
0: All right, so before we get into the wrestling segment, I I noticed that Don Anderson is here, host of Tumbling with Tumbleweed. Uh, definitely give it a listen. Uh, Donnie, longtime friend of us here at MTR, uh, does VGN with Kevin, Brian, and the rest of the crew, does his own show, Tumbling with Tumbleweed. I'll make sure to put a link for you guys to check it out in the show notes for this week. All right, so let's jump into Monday Night Raw. The thing that gets me is... um. The you know, here's here's the thing. We got the last Raw before Battleground, which is this Sunday. And you guys have known that RAWs before pay-per-views fall into three categories. Marginally good, decently good, and holy shit, tremendous. And that's exactly what happens. Raw this week actually had a lot of good things going for it. If you guys read the WMD report Uh, the WMD uh, moments of Raw report that I put on RageWorks.net, you guys will know that I really felt that Raw was running on all cylinders this week. Uh, There were some low points, and um, I'm going to get into those, but I do want to talk about some of the high points. First off, let's talk about the big story, which was the debut of the NXT Divas on Raw. Now, originally the plan was that Paige was going to get back up and she was going to square off with two divas from NXT against the Bellas and Alicia Fox at SummerSlam. Obviously, management had other ideas, and they decided to not only call up Becky Lynch and Charlotte to help Paige out, but Naomi and Tamina got some help of their own with NXT Women's Champion Sasha Banks. Now, a lot can be said that Stephanie McMahon pretty much thrust herself into this And put herself over in the process. But I got to be honest when I say that. The caliber of matches we've been getting. From the Divas on Raw as of late. Have been borderline passable. To complete and utter dog shit. So if it takes Stephanie McMahon. Immersing or injecting herself into this. Into this feud. To make it work. I'm willing to accept that. If we get Charlotte. Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, helping those divas on the main roster become better. I'm curious to see how they're going to be phased out of NXT, especially Sasha Banks being champion. But I think that this was a really, really high point, not only for the division, but just for both brands, NXT and Raw, because I think that NXT is really carving out a great niche for themselves between their great characters and amazing wrestling they're they're becoming must-see television. If if you're watching any wrestling programming at this point, you're watching Raw and you're most likely watching NXT. I mean, I know people watch SmackDown, but I know more people are more excited to see NXT and how that unfolds than tuning into an episode of SmackDown that essentially regurgitates what happened on Raw. So definitely a step in the right direction for the women's division. Um, how it pans out in the long term, we're going to have to take with a grain of salt and monitor it closely. But the reaction from the crowd, the exchange between all the women involved, it it, it gives me hope for the women's division. And I think it's going to be something that is going to make everyone happy in the long run. The other thing I did want to talk about that I felt was one of the high points is the program that's being worked between the primetime players and the New Day. Now, the primetime players, ever since they were reunited, we saw a lot of great things being done with both Darren Young and Titus O'Neill. Now, the reason I say this is because there's a, there's a certain level, there's a certain caliber of wrestler that can transition successfully from tag team to singles competition and vice versa quite easily. And we know these guys, you know, Shawn Michaels, Jeff Hardy, uh, Bully Ray, um, Eddie Edwards in Ring of Honor. We we can go down a list of guys that transition seamlessly from tag team to singles competitor, and they're incredibly successful. As much as I like Titus O'Neal... And as much as I like Darren Young, I don't feel that either guy at this at this stage of the game can be successful in singles competition. They tried with Titus O'Neill and he just didn't connect the same way that he does as part of a tag team with darren young and the reason this is is because tag team wrestling there's there's a lot of things you gotta take into consideration these are guys that you travel with you rode with you train with and you know you gain a certain sense of comfort camaraderie and genuine chemistry one of the th- one of the things that made the shield work so well is the fact that these guys lived together traveled well they roomed together they traveled together they ate together they trained together and you can see that chemistry really come together in every segment and in every match and then as as they each started to carve out their own niche and we started to see their, the different personalities, then you understood where, where the stronger bonds were. Like Ambrose and Reigns right now, you see that there's a good bond there. It still works. They have great chemistry on TV. As, as opponents, Ambrose and Rollins, their fates are intertwined forever. Same thing with Rollins and, and Roman Reigns. It just, it just works. And even to a degree, if you go back into the attitude era and you look at the NWO, you look at the nation, these guys were traveling together, going to bars together, chilling together. You know, obviously, there's a lot of, a lot of stories that, that have floated around uh, with, with uh, stables like the Four Horsemen. But when you look at the primetime players, you realize that they work so well together because they have chemistry outside of the ring. Same thing with the New Day. If you guys were in our Facebook group recently, you know that I um, shared a YouTube video from uh, the the guys in the back, Rusev, uh, Kofi, uh, Xavier Woods, and a couple of guys, and they were playing games backstage. They were playing Street Fighter Four, and Kofi was there, and him and Xavier Woods were having a good time. And you can see that 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 chemistry, even though, it's in a different environment. It's still there. You know, they, they shit talk each other. They have a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. And the feuds between these two teams have been exactly that. It's about the guys that can, that can exist together in a great dynamic. And the New Day, even though they have great chemistry together, I feel that there's better chemistry between Kofi and, and Xavier Woods. And Big E is kind of just there because he's very over the top. I've always felt that Big E has an incredible future as a singles competitor and he's kind of stuck in the New Day gimmick. But if I had to go the tag team route, the primetime players and Woods and Kingston would be perfectly fine on their own. And I think this feud is going to start really showing people that you're going to start seeing uh, you know, Big E kind of fall by the wayside and Woods and Kofi become the more, the more prominent members of the stable we'll see how it pans out after battleground but that's kind of where i see it going uh the other thing i did want to mention uh when the primetime players took on the new day was the fact that it was you know it was a six man tag match and they brought out mark henry mark henry was in the tag team with the primetime players against the new day and the thing that bothered me was mark henry's working as a face now nobody fucking knew and it just it just a Everybody by surprise. Like they're like, oh, here's our partner. And when Mark Henry's music hit, like, yeah, people cheered. But I'm sure a lot of people are like, hey, wasn't this guy like a bad guy like two weeks ago? And again, that's something I've always said about WWE's disjointed booking. And it was definitely apparent this week. One of the low points from Raw that I got to talk about is King Barrett and R-Truth again for the 55th time uh, for a couple of reasons. These guys are essentially feuding for the right to be called king which bothers me because i've said it on on numerous episodes king of the ring is essentially the tournament to for for the tournament where the grand prize is a gimmick change which is unfortunate because king barrett who at the, when he was bad news barrett was really 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 successful the crowd was digging the character and um I really felt that they, that they were going somewhere with that character. Instead, we're relegated to King Barrett, who is feuding with R-Truth, who is another guy that is a solid wrestler trapped in a shitty gimmick and who right now is walking around with a sheet, a Burger King crown, and a plunger and feuding with King Barrett over the, the right to be called king? Like, it just bothers me because you have a mid-card... That is on fire right now. And I'm serious. On fire. Between the US title and the IC belt. There is fire. In the mid card. And these guys are feuding over the right to be called king. And that's more important. Than going after. The IC title. Or the US title. I just, I just don't understand it. I really really don't. But. Alas for every good moment. There, there were some shitty ones. Now, one of the markout moments in my WMD column this week was Rusev, Cesaro, and Kevin Owens. Not only did these three guys go out there and give us an amazing match, but we got to see an incredible amount of new offense and great work rate from Rusev, who, you know, ever since the whole Lana thing and his feud with Dolph Ziggler, has pretty much fallen by the wayside. But coming back in with his fresh pair of shoes now, He went out there and had an amazing match with Cesaro and Kevin Owens, each who are workhorses in their own right. Uh, The winner of that match went on to face Cena, which even though the match between Cena and Rusev was okay, I, I was happy when Kevin Owens interfered because it kept that feud going and above all makes the U.S. title race even more interesting. You got guys like Rusev who was a former U.S. champion. You got Cesaro, who is on a tear. Kevin Owens, of course, the rookie upstart. John Cena, you know, the, the current champion. It's, it's a great time for that division and for that title. If only the IC title was on that same level, and it wasn't, it didn't boil down to The Miz and The Big Show, which, when I tell you guys what happens with that match this weekend, you're, no one's going to shed a tear. That's all I'm saying. Neville and Cody Rhodes is definitely another match, I gotta say, was incredibly impressive. I also liked what they did with the comic book graphics uh, with the man that Gravity Forgot and, you know, the Master of Dark Matter with Cody Rhodes. I thought that that was very, very well executed. It really delivered um, just something different for Cody Rhodes and for Adrian Neville. And I like, you know, I like both guys. I think both guys have incredible potential, it's just tough to want to boo Cody Rhodes after the passing of Dusty Rhodes. So, I mean, it's good that they brought him back, and it's good that he was out there, but you got they got to figure something out because at that point, everybody wants to cheer Cody. And putting him in there with Neville, who is a fan favorite, pretty much the crowd was the majority pro-Cody, you know, pro-Stardust, which was crazy. I, I was just like, wow, you know, this... This is insane how Neville is on the, on the come-up. He's working a match with Stardust, who is, quote-unquote, a heel in this situation, and we're not getting the right reactions. And I think it's partially, obviously, because of, of Stardust's dad, you know, Cody Rhodes' father, Dusty, and his recent passing. But I'm curious to see where they take the Stardust character. I mean, now that Goldust has kind of faded out, so to speak, It's interesting to see Stardust as the resident weirdo. Plus, of course, the rumblings of of a possible program with Stephen, you know, with Stephen Amell and um, the Green Arrow. I'm curious to see where they take his character, because I feel that Cody is a great worker. He's done something unique and, and inventive with Stardust. And the company, I think, just doesn't know what to do with that character at this time. All right, so. Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar had their, t- their usual contract signing, which we all know is going to end in violence as always. Um, of course, it did not disappoint. It did end in violence, and it ended with Kane getting his leg broken, and Seth Rollins essentially booting Kane after that incident. Um, Brock Lesnar, of course, had the upper hand, dropped the steel steps on Kane. Rollins comes in from the crowd, pretty much calls Kane a piece of shit and a failure, and a never was, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, kicks him in the alleged broken leg, which, of course, leads us to Seth Rollins having no backup when it's time to defend the title at Battleground. So, let's jump into that, shall we? Um, I want to give you guys my Battleground predictions. Um, I figure we'll do that before we get into the other news for the week, and then we'll wrap things up. So, The kickoff match is supposed to be Bad News Barrett and R-Truth. I definitely think that they're going to give the win to Bad News Barrett at this point or King Barrett um, just because they they are. I don't think R-Truth is going to gain anything from beating King Barrett other than calling himself King Truth. And no one really gives a shit at this point. So I, I figure I'll go with the favorite and go with Bad News Barrett or King Barrett in this case. Uh, capturing the victory, uh, Randy Orton and Sheamus, of course, are squaring off. Um, I think that Sheamus has kind of been fluctuating between, um, you know, teasing uh, Money in the Bank cash ins at numerous at numerous uh, opportunities to essentially feuding with a returning Randy Orton. Which, in my case, I, I I could I could take or leave this match. I think Orton and Sheamus are going to go out there and give us a pretty brutal uh solid match but either guy you can interchange in any other match just because again Sheamus everyone's waiting for the inevitable cash in which personally I think Sheamus is going to be the one of the few guys that cashes in and doesn't succeed um especially if they try to do something crazy and have him cash in on Brock Lesnar but you never know in any case Randy Orton and Sheamus I'm going to go a little a little bit on the on the safer side and go with Sheamus taking the victory, just because you want to keep some momentum since he is, you know, Mister Money in the Bank. Next up, Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns. Uh, this mat, this program has been has been pretty decent. I I like some of the things that that Bray Wyatt has been doing. Uh, the only problem is that this match, if Roman Reigns wins, you you know, it's another notch in Roman Reigns' cap. But on the flip side, I feel that it would hurt Bray Wyatt if Roman gets the victory. I think Bray Wyatt is kind of... He's been a non-factor as of late. He's in no sort of title picture. He's just randomly feuding with X guy and Y guy. And, and you know, it's cool. But I think we got to start giving Bray Wyatt some direction. And I think having him defeat Roman Reigns and maybe setting his sights on one of the secondary titles or, hell, even the world title is something that's worth exploring. We'll see what happens, but as much as I would like to see Bray Wyatt get the victory in this situation, I know they're going to go the safer route and slowly continue to refuel the Roman Reigns machine. So I see Roman taking the victory in this situation. With regards to the tag team title match, of course, primetime players coming in as the champions, taking on the New Day. Um, I see the primetime players retaining, and I see their them retaining the titles being a factor in maybe driving either a wedge between the New Day or making the New Day more aggressive and not just caricatures and, and, you know, shucking and jiving comedy teams. Um, The thing that gets me with this is if you put the belts back on the New Day, then you got to kind of rebuild the tag team division because what are you going to do? Give them a rematch? Okay, great. But you gotta you gotta renew some of the other tag teams and get them back in there. Lucha Dragons, um, you know, even if you gotta throw together some teams, you gotta do something because these guys can't keep uh, flipping the belts between each other for the next two or three pay per views. So something definitely needs to be done. I'm gonna go again with the primetime players this time because I feel that the new day they're gonna start either making them more aggressive or they're going to possibly start driving a wedge between them if they don't feel that the gimmick is as successful as it should be. We'll see what happens. We're supposed to get a WWE uh, IC title match with Ryback, The Big Show, and The Miz. Unfortunately, uh, WWE announced that Ryback suffered an injury on Monday Night Raw. Um, He actually has a staph infection in his right knee. Um, They took out 90 cc's of fluid out of his knee and he's going to need to be in the hospital for a couple of days. Uh that's going to obviously derail the IC Title match and um it's fine, you know, if it comes down to safety. Uh definitely wish Ryback a speedy recovery. Staff infections are terrible and they can kill you. So, you know, I definitely feel that, you know, he caught it early, uh taking some strong antibiotics, hopefully You know he'll be back in a couple of weeks, and you know he's definitely been a a, a good IC champion. His opponents definitely have not been, but I think he's been a a great champion, just saddled with with shitty opponents. But they may throw in a a filler match, or they may have uh, the Miz and the Big Show square off. We'll see what happens. But as of right now, no IC title match because Ryback has a staff infection. With regards to the U.S. title match, I feel almost 100% that Kevin Owens is going to take the belt from John Cena, and I'm totally okay with it. The thing that I'm looking forward to seeing is what happens with Rusev, Cesaro, and whoever doesn't win the title because I feel that we're going to get some amazing matches just between those four individuals in whatever capacity creative uses them. Who knows, maybe somebody else may throw themselves in the mix. Personally, I'd like to see Dean Ambrose in there. I think Ambrose uh, would be good in that program working with those guys just because it would allow him to to work on real wrestling and not just crazy over-the-top antics. We'll see how that pans out, but I definitely am pretty sure that Kevin Owens is going to walk out of there with the U.S. title. We'll see what happens. With regards to the U.S. title match, um, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, Slick says that um, he thinks Rollins will retain. I I disagree, and the reason is because we're going into SummerSlam, the biggest event of the summer, and even if you want to put the belt on Brock Lesnar for a couple of months, it's not going to hurt anybody. Obviously, there's money in a Seth Rollins rematch with Brock Lesnar, especially if you break Rollins away from the authority. Um. There's there's definitely opportunity there. I'm um, I'm curious to see if that is truly gonna be the case. Like I said, J and J security on the shelf. Kane, you know, Kane being essentially uh destroyed by Brock Lesnar and then pretty much the dagger being being driven in by Seth Rollins. They're they're definitely gonna do something they're gonna do something underhanded for sure. But I really think that Brock Lesnar going into SummerSlam champion is better just in terms of presentation for that event. Not to say that The Rock is going to come in and challenge him, but as much as I'd like to see that. But I do think that Brock Lesnar losing the belt due to underhanded and nefarious tactics is going to make it interesting. I think the match itself is going to be tremendous. But I think they're going to want to go into SummerSlam with Rollins as challenger and Lesnar as champion. Again, there is always money in the rematch. And Brock Lesnar being champion isn't terrible because I think it'll allow Rollins to turn it up to another level. And who knows, maybe he'll align himself with somebody new just because what happened with him and Kane is definitely going to cause some trouble post uh, battleground the following Monday. So, we'll see what the deal is. Slick says, I think they want to make Rollins look strong by breaking everyone away from him via Lesnar. Uh, Donnie also says that it'd be, you know, introduce a new person to help him out. Again, if if Rollins were to retain, it's not an issue. I mean, it would validate his his victory over Lesnar, obviously, by winning clean. But, in, in an era of underhanded tactics from, from Seth Rollins, I don't see that being the case. And I do see Brock Lesnar taking the title, even for a short period of time. You know? Slick says, if someone tries to interfere, Lesnar will will win if it is a clean match. And he used quotes, Rollins will win. All right, fair enough. But I'm going to go with my pick. I'm going to go with Lesnar on this one. We'll see what happens this Sunday with regards to that. But... Those are my picks for WWE Battleground. A couple of news items I want to throw out there. Uh, one of WWE's longest longest tenured writers has left WWE. Uh, Brian Gewertz, uh, who many of you may know, who's been with the WWE for 15 years, uh, left the company and actually used to be one of the guys that was in charge of working with The Rock on a consistent basis. Um He actually worked with The Rock so well that The Rock would ask for him specifically to work with him on promos. Uh, Brian Gewirtz left WWE and is actually taking on an executive role with The Rock's Seven Bucks Entertainment Production Company. So uh, definitely a a very, very big step up for, for a guy who's been with the company a long time. I'm curious to see how this is going to affect the writing going forward. Um, you know, he gave his notice a few weeks ago and left after the June 29th episode of Raw. So the last couple of episodes since then have not had Brian Gortz at the head writer position. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. We'll see how the writing changes with him no longer being there. I mean, definitely was a more uh, wrestling-centric episode of Raw this past week. And even the week prior, even though some of the wrestling was weak, um definitely uh more wrestling and less, you know, shenanigans or backstage segments. Like I said, we're going to see what happens over the coming weeks. Of course, we got Battleground Sunday. Uh I think that's going to be the bigger measuring stick only because we're going to use that to pretty much start us on the road towards SummerSlam. And that's where the writing is going to be very important because obviously SummerSlam, one of the big four pay-per-views in my opinion alongside Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and of course, Wrestlemania. Alright, so, for those of you that are curious about the fate of Dolph Ziggler, many of you know that he was written off after being, quote-unquote, injured by Rusev. Of course, this caused a lot of speculation on the web with regards to Dolph Ziggler's contract status. Well, uh, WrestleZone reports that Dolph Ziggler signed a new contract with the company And he's being taken off of television to film a new movie called 642. Uh, The film is being billed as a thriller in which Ziggler plays a cop named uh, Ray Fitzpatrick that has to deal with uh, obviously some some past transgressions and issues and is forced to derail a plot that involves blowing up a child with a bomb strapped to his chest. Allegedly, the filming for this film will last four weeks, and then Dolph Ziggler will be back, most likely to work a program with Rusev heading into SummerSlam. So, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. According to WrestleZone um, and PW Insider, it looks like Ziggler did re-sign. We'll see if that is truly the case in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, if this film is being put together and it's only taking four weeks to, to, to fully fund and film, then... I'm sure we're going to get some some press about it in some capacity before Ziggler returns to the main roster. All right. So with that, that is actually going to wrap up the wrestling segment for this week. And it's also going to wrap up the show. So a couple of things before we head out. Uh, First off, there is no show for July 16th, a.k.a. today, now since it's past midnight. Uh, because we will be covering EA and the sweet, sweet toy event. Um, of course, follow us on social media, Rage underscore Works on Twitter, uh underscore Rich on Instagram, and of course, Rage underscore Works on Periscope for you guys to see some of the stuff that we're looking at at both of these events later today. My Take Radio will be back next week uh, with wrestling and MMA and, of course, gaming and entertainment Uh, There is a possibility we may be covering something Wednesday. Not 100% confirmed at this point. uh, Possibly something uh, with Plantronics and or Logitech. Once I get the information, I will share it with you guys, especially if it's going to change any of our broadcasting schedules. But nonetheless, you do have this episode for this week. We got a brand new Black is the New Black heading your way Friday evening. So be on the lookout for that Saturday. And of course... Keep it locked to RageWorks for tons of new content, movie trailers, art countless articles from myself, Slick, and the rest of the RageWorks team. And with that, I am out of here. So I'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys for the continued support. Again, on social media, you can follow us on Facebook, um, official RageWorks on Facebook or My Take Radio. You can also follow us on Twitter for My Take Radio. It's at My Take Radio. And for RageWorks, it is Rage underscore works and of course feel free to join our facebook group and interact with other listeners and other readers as well all right guys on behalf of myself and the rest of the rageworks mtr team i will see you guys next week peace